Will you pray with me real quick this morning? Father God, as we, as we gather in this place uh, for likely a final time in this calendar year, uh, God reminded that, uh, that your calendar works different than ours. Your economics are different than ours. And Lord, we ask that, uh, that this would be just uh, another day in which we encounter you and your word that would propel us forward to be who you call us to be. Lord, we, um, we know that in our calendar year, uh, we've seen good and we've seen terrible. And we've seen everything in between, as we do most every year. But God, I pray for this week's and the rest of our years that we might be something different. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. To be or not to be, that is the question. I'm not a Hamlet kind of guy. But, but apparently that is the question. And, and, and uh, today we're not going to be talking about uh, the topic that is uh, being uh, conversed and thought through in, in that, that writing. But, but I couldn't, I tried to come up with a, a more crafty uh, title for the day, and, and it just didn't have the, the smooth sound that Hamlet had. Uh, I thought about uh, to be and not to do. That, that was just that didn't go very far for me. Um, to be, I, I, I just struggled. And, and so I reverted on some guy that uh, lived and wrote in the early 1600s that, that uh, has lasted a really long time. So to be or not to be, that, that is the question. And, and uh, you know, we have these things called New Year's resolutions. And, of course, I don't do them. But, but a lot of people do. And... And uh, so I thought I'd go on, and I found this website that lists the most common ones. And just for fun this morning, I thought I would, I would read. I think it's 10. So here's, here's uh, some of the most popular year after year. Uh, drink less alcohol. Eat healthy food. Never been on mine. Get a better education. Get a better job. Get fit. Lose weight, which to me seem like they're one and the same. Manage debt, manage stress, quit smoking, reduce, reuse, and recycle, save money, take a trip, volunteer to help others. And, and this particular website gives like helpful advice on how to do all of these, and, and it's uh, especially on the... Um, Manage debt and save money in the reduce portion. If you want to know how to do those things, just go to the helpful people at USA.gov. <laughs> one of their links, I will not tell you which one, one of the links doesn't even work. <laughs> so uh, I don't think they're going to be a whole lot of help. But, but I think, actually, I really believe 
that there's an idea that runs throughout God's Word that I want us to think about this morning that answers all of those and more. So I would encourage you, uh, if you have your Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 3. And as you're doing so, I, I read recently, and, and, and I can't remember where, I, I wish I could, and it was a, a thought or question that raises this idea of what, what's going on with us when we ask the question, how are you? Which is a question of the quality of life. Do you know what the greatest response is? Busy. Is there something, does anyone else think there's something wrong with that? A, quali- a question about the quality of our life is answered by the word busy. You know, as I try to get people to uh, consider life groups, the number one answer of why people would tell me no is, uh, I'm too busy, don't have enough time. Oh, I, I'm, it's a really busy time, time for me. Uh, I really can't help out there. You know, if people say that, like, they think it, they're the only one that is. And it just amazes me that we, we define our life by busy. And I want to say, if that's the answer that you give, give it up. Throw it out. Make decisions that will make your life better that create opportunity for you to more passionately follow God. If the best answer you can give is busy, give it up. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses has that answer for God. At least the story tells us that's what's going on in Moses' life. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Some translations say Moses was busy tending. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, hmm, let me go over and and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, Moses said, "Uh, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. I I would stop this morning and say, 
that from the best of what I understand about who God is, he didn't just see the misery of his people in Egypt, but he sees your misery too. He sees your misery and my misery today. And maybe you're living in a, an element of misery. And you can find hope in the reality today that God sees you right where you are. He hears you. And He's concerned about you. Verse 8. So, I've come down to rescue them from the land, from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And do you know what that is? You, you realize that land is the promised land, right? Right? As we read this today, what would the promised land be? Would it be success in the next uh, resolution you might attempt? Would it, would, it, would it be arguing less with the kids or your spouse? Would it be finding that right individual that would complete you or... What, what would the promised land be? I, I want us to think today that maybe it's not even a place. Verse 9. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. God said, I will be with you. Well, wait, wait, wait. Moses asked a question, and God just ignored him, didn't he? Did God, did God really just ignore Moses' question? Do you feel like God is ignoring your questions? Did, did he really ignore or does he answer differently? God said, I will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what's his name? And what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, Hayah, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. Hayah has sent me to you. Hayah. It's uh, not, a, not a martial arts thing. Because I couldn't teach anything about it. It's a Hebrew kind of thing. I am. 
The Hebrew word that is translated I am is Hayah. And you have it in your notes. Hayah. Say that with me. Especially this first, couple, first row or two. I know you would enjoy it. Say it. Hayah. Right? That, you guys are terrible. Come on. Hayah. There you go. See, the idea here, the, the idea as we follow this out, is that God is saying, when He says, I am, He's saying, I be. Say that. Be. God wants us to understand that He bees where we be. There's more, I promise. This word be is important because we see it throughout Scripture. It, it means to be or become. It means come to pass. It means exist or happen. And it's, it's really important that we understand that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means that, that He bees. He, he just... He's just here. And he's just himself all the time. So, the question is who shall we be? There's, there's some uh, correlating passages, this word be. Uh, as I've been studying it now for a few months. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we see this word be there. My fingers are cold this morning. It's hard to turn pages. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 says, Now the earth... Be formless and empty. That's really what it says. It, it was in a state of existence before God did His creating, as we would understand it in the rest of the chapters. What He had to start with was nothingness. He began from nothing. It, it, just, it just was. It just be there was nothing. And then in Exodus, or yeah, in Exodus chapter 3, we see that Moses was tending the flock, and really what that really in the Hebrew is more accurate to say is that Moses be tending. He was a tenderer with his flock. He, he just was with them. He, he, he wasn't, that was who he was. In Leviticus chapter 26, God says, I will walk among you and be your God. I will 
Hayah, your God, and you will Hayah, my people. And so what God is saying is that, that he bees, and we need to be. Numbers, this just continues. This is Hayah. This is the same Hebrew word, and I'm just giving examples here of, of how it continues. Numbers uh, chapter 15, verse 40, says that we need to consecrate ourselves or be holy to God. So, in other words, we need to Hayah, holy. We need to be holy. You know, our understanding of holiness is, uh, is interesting as you go around and you talk with different people groups, and it really shapes our action. For example, if you believe that holiness isn't an option until late in life, maybe on your deathbed, then why would you ever bother being holy? And, and there are theological camps that that's where they are. They believe that, that holiness isn't possible in the day-to-day -day life. There, there are others that say, well, you know, you're going to struggle with it forever and ever and ever, and maybe you'll glimpse moments of holiness. But there'll be moments where you're you, you, not even close. And I will admit that that's where I often feel I exist. Even, even the founder of the Wesleyan movement, John Wesley, whose teaching we understand and, and agree with most strongly, he even he felt three different things. He felt like that he could exist in a state of holiness on a regular basis regularly, that that was the norm. There were times when he felt that, and there were times when he felt like it was a struggle, and there were times he felt like it would never, ever be a reality. But what we give our mind to shapes the way we will act, and so if you think biblically there's no chance, then you could live like and hope for heaven. I happen to believe that when God says, like in Leviticus 11.44 and a lot of other places, He says, be holy. Because I, the Lord your God, am holy. It's not something that's a far out there thing that maybe someday you will attain to, possibly. Maybe. I believe it's something he says that we are to simply be. And in a world in which we define the quality of our life by busy and active, we need to go against that flow, stop trying and killing ourselves, attempting to be something by chasing after everything that is provided us in our world, stop doing that and simply be.
Give your mind to that for a moment. What would it look like in your life if you stopped chasing everything and started being holy? The word be, as short as it is, has been an an intriguing word to me for quite some time. Several years ago, I read this book by Louis Giglio, and and, uh, a lot of us have have heard him speak, and and he travels with Chris Tomlin, and and a couple years ago, uh, the Cars and Us, and and our life group at the time, we went to the Chris Tomlin, Louis Giglio Christmas concert, and uh, man, that's that's just a great setting to be in. It's encouraging. It's stimulating the mind and the heart. And, and uh, I read this book. He wrote this book. He, he, it's titled, I Am Not, But I Know I Am. I, I read it several years ago now. It's a great book. I would really encourage you uh, to read that book. It doesn't, it's not a long book. It wouldn't take a lot of time. I am not, but I know I am. Welcome to the story of God. And, and in that, he kind of gets into this bee thing a little bit. And, and that stirred in for me this, this wonder of who God is in a fresh way at that point. Uh, then then uh, a little over a year ago, uh, three friends and I uh, went. Uh, we were gone for a weekend. We went to this, uh, this retreat on the south side of town. And it's with an organization called Mission Houston. And, and maybe you remember a little over a year ago, um, Steve Capper was here and spoke with us for us in January. Actually, it's almost two years ago now. And uh, we've had him a couple of times. But they have this thing called faith walking. It's a community of people that, that are, are wanting to expand their life, their faith living life and, and and it's about transformational leadership. And, and so we went on this weekend retreat, and, and it was wonderfully brutal. <laughs> I explained it a few times. You know, it's like a counseling session all weekend long, just minus the, the, the leather couch. Uh, it, it just kicked my butt, and, and it continues to do so, the realities of that weekend. But it was phenomenal, wasn't it, for Greg Michaels homesick or something? Uh, but, but all weekend long, they use this word be, like in the most awkward moments in sentences. And, and it just stirred with me again, this, this, this reality of the Hebrew word hayah, that God calls us to be certain things, not, not so much to do a bunch of stuff that make us busy but to be. Over the last uh, couple of months, there's a, a theological library kind of behind Willowbrook Methodist Hospital. A phenomenal place. I'm not going to tell you anymore because I don't want you to find it. Because then when I go, if you're there, then it won't be quite as quiet and solitude-like. And, and, but as a staff... Uh, 
we've started, different ones of us have been going, and, and it's just a great, it's an incredible place to go. But I've been going, and I try to go every Monday for a couple of hours and just slide away from the busyness of life and, and study and, and just find solitude with God. And, and I've been going for a while, and over the last couple of months, I've begun to study all the times in the Bible the word be shows up. There's a lot. Uh, fun activity. Count how many times you say the word be today, if you like that kind of thing. But, but what I've found is that 76 times in the Old Testament, the word be, specifically the Hebrew hayah, appears. And 19 times in the New Testament, its counterpart, epimeno, this idea of being, exists. I thought I'd share a few things that my study has revealed to us so far. Things God calls us to be so far. And, and there's, there's the hayah, be, and then there's another, there's other be, but this idea is that calls us to a consistently being something. And so far, in just Genesis and Exodus, it's all the further I've made it, 120 times the word be followed by something we are to be or not be shows up. And, and so creation, God says, let there be, what, what, what came first, you know? Light. Being expanse. Be gathered. God, God says to the tabernacle, in the shaping and forming of it, he says, be lasting. Be acceptable. To humanity, to, to human, he says, be fruitful, be united, be blessed, be a blessing. He says, be blameless. Be named. When he would give people a name, when he would change their name, and he's saying, this is who you will be. And this is who you do be from now on. Be filled. Be holy. He, he even says some things that we should not be. Don't be alone. Don't be cut off from who he is because of decisions that we would make in life. Don't be cut off. Don't be distressed. There's, there's, even, there's even this negative, not, it's not a don't, but it's, there's this negative realities of decisions we make that turn us into and, and make us to be something that we weren't meant to be. And when, when those things become a reality, these negative bees are restless, cursed, slave, exposed or naked, dead. Those are negative. In, in each of these I believe God is giving us answers that, that many people in our world, and maybe you're one of them, are seeking 
through New Year's resolutions and the hope you put in others, God is giving answers. In Genesis chapter 1, I love the imagery that comes from this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth be formless and empty. And then what do we see from there? As God says, be light. And he continues. Is that God is giving shape and filling to who we be. And, and so we seek all of this garbage. And some, of, some garbage looks pretty nice for a while. But we seek it because it brings pleasure and it, it brings these fluffy feelings like the pink trees behind me are not given off right now. But when we be, God has filled the shape that He has created in us. God didn't answer Moses' question in Exodus 3 when He says, Who am I? God, at least He didn't answer it in the way we would normally seek our answers, right? What did, what did He do instead? He said, don't worry about who you are. Just know who I am. Don't worry about your life situations. Don't worry about the fiscal cliff. Don't worry about the resolutions you may or may not be successful in fulfilling. Know who I be and be likewise. That, that's what God told Moses. When he was calling him to something profound. And that's what God continues to say all throughout the Bible. Simply be. And today I, I would encourage you to be. What questions are you seeking answers to? In, in, your, in your attempts at resolutions, in our prayers, maybe in anger, maybe in doubt? Are you seeking action? Or are you seeking to be? I would believe it's true to say that God is more interested in who we be than what we do. Because if we be who He created us to be, naturally we will do what He calls us to do. This morning, a couple of questions. Will your life be about doing and not doing? or about being? What has it been? Revelation 22. As I was, I didn't intend it to Revelation to show up this morning, but as I was reading ahead in my reading plan, and I wrapped it up last night, this just, 
just amazed to me. Revelation 22, uh, verse 11, the second half. The, the New American Standard, which is a more literal translation, says, let him who, who be righteous continue to do righteous things. Let him who be holy continue to be holy. The NIV, for those that may be freaking out right now, says, let him who does right continue to do right. Let him who is holy continue to be holy. But the more accurate Greek is, let him who be righteous continue to do so. And let, let those who be holy continue to do those things which nurture holiness. Will you close your eyes with me this morning? Just take a moment. And I know it's been kind of quirky because I'm just kind of quirky. But Who do you be? I, I look around the room and, and I see people and, and they have, around this room it represents all this incredible uh, differences of responsibility and influence in our community. And, and, I, and I can look around and I can see People who I know be holy. Or like Joshua was challenged to be courageous. And, and I look around the room at those in the space that I know, and, and I see many who, who I truly believe are these things. And, and, I, and I look around the room, And in some of your stories, I know that you struggle to simply be. And the reality is, I think, if we were to confess it, that for most, if not all of us, we struggle to simply be. Because every marketing concept in our world says that being is impossible. And this morning, we, we've placed more music, more opportunity to sing about who God bees and our call to being from now to the end of our time here together because I want us to be able to respond with our heart, with this idea and this wonder and awe of who we be. Because there's nothing greater than who God bees.
And it's because of who He is that we're here. And we can ask these kinds of questions of ourselves. To be or not to be. Will you be like God? Let's pray and we'll continue in worship through song, through prayer, the altars. If you want this to be a place, that's fine. If you want to be where you be, you can, you can worship God in whatever fits. Father God, as we have considered uh, mostly who we be today, I, I pray that we would, as we continue, be reminded of who you be and the calling that that puts on our life. God, that we would be reminded that the shape that we have, we've been given by you. And as we see from the very beginning of your word to the end, you desire to fill it with who you be, Father. Lord, may we be faithful in our response to you today, I pray. Amen.